Hello and welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we're getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about the number one idea that can change your life. More to come on that in a moment. First, let's settle in together with the sound of the bells. I'm excited about this episode because I'm going to share one of my favorite quotes with you. And I strongly believe if we could capture and understand and embody the wisdom of what this quote is pointing to, it's one idea that could radically change your life, our lives. So what is the quote? Okay, it goes like this. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response, and in our response lies our growth, our freedom, and our happiness. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response, and in our response lies our growth, our freedom, and happiness. Let that sink in. This quote is often attributed to Viktor Frankl but we actually don't know the root author. It's really a conglomeration of Stephen Covey, Viktor Frankl, Rollo May, and even a few others, which I think makes it even more powerful because it shows that a lot of really smart, important people are talking about the same important idea. And the reason I love this quote so much is because if, if I could encapsulate maybe in one sentence, what it is I'm often trying to do as a teacher, it's really to help people start to see that space between stimulus and response and inhabit that space between stimulus and response. Because it's only in that space that we can lead our lives with any sort of intentionality and purpose in alignment with the person we want to be. The opposite of this is living on automatic pilot just going through the motions of our day. And have you ever had an experience like that? You wake up in the morning, you go to bed, and then it's just like, what just happened the last 16 hours of my life? It's very easy to get into a flow with our lives and not always a good kind of flow. One where we're just like going through the motions, reacting, and we're no longer in the driver's seat. And we're, we, we then lose an awareness of why am I doing what I'm doing? And we default to our usual patterns of conditioning. When someone says something to us, we react in our usual way. When we feel a certain emotion like anger, we might react in another usual way. When we have a certain thought pattern that comes up, it triggers another thought pattern. And all of these things are often happening beneath our conscious awareness, but they are literally creating our experience of life. So what this, what this quote is pointing to, this idea, stimulus and response, is that in every single moment, there's some sort of input. There's something we're experiencing, whether it's a, an external force, like a person saying something to us, or traffic, or a, a job loss, or there's an internal force, like a, a thought arises, or an emotion comes up, or a physical pain in the body. And so all of these are experiences that could be 
perceived as a, a stimulus, stimuli. And then our response to that is often happening almost immediately. Somebody says something to us, we feel a sense of defensiveness, we get angry, and then we say something back that we realize later, ah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. We're stuck in traffic, and very quickly there's just this feeling of, ah, man, now I'm going to be late, and we get angry at the person in front of us, we get angry at the road, we get angry at the person that invented cars, and it just goes, you could just feel the rage build up. But a lot of times it just feels like it's completely out of our control. Like these things just happen and then we have to ride the waves of it until we change our circumstances and then we settle down again. And maybe some of that resonates and maybe it resonates in a different way for you in different contexts. But this is our experience of life, different inputs and different responses. The power of, of this quote or the of what is pointing to, again, is that when we can inhabit that that space, right, to see that stimulus and then go, oh, there's my usual pattern of reactivity and not immediately default to that pattern of reactivity, whether it's a, a thought pattern, uh, an action, a behavior or saying something. If we can just pause just a little bit, then we get access to a lot of new ways of responding. And that's the reason I say that might be the most powerful idea in, in life in general is because that's where you actually start to choose how you're going to live your life. That's where you make intentional changes. And that's where you can actually start to experience freedom, growth, and happiness because you're working at the, the level of how you're relating to the experience. And we can't change, in most cases, what, what the experience is going to be. We can't, we go through life there's going to be people we, we see. There's going to be stuff at our job that comes up. There's going to be things that arise with our children. This is, it's just the nature of being human. We, don't, we can't control what's going to come through the front door of our guest house, as Rumi would say. But we can influence how we're going to respond what comes through. And that's what this, that's what this quote is pointing to. Now, how do we be able to start to shift this, right? Because if it was so easy, then we just hear the quote and like, oh, cool, now we're all happy and we move through our lives and we respond differently and we're grounded and we don't get mad in traffic anymore. Yeah, nice idea, Corey. And maybe you've heard this quote before and you're rolling your eyes like, yeah, I know everyone talks about this quote, but it's not so easy. I've tried to apply it. You're right. It's not so easy. This stuff takes practice. And that's why I'm always looking at what are the practices that, that support these deep ideas that point to a lot of wisdom, but are often the hardest things in the world to implement. And guess what? Guess what I think is really helpful for it? Yeah, meditation. Now, I'm not married to meditation. I could do a lot of different things in the world. And I've done so many other trainings at this point that I could build a whole career just around other other ideas related to well-being. So there's no, um, uh, what is it? Uh, the... <laughs> There's no really strong incentive for me to constantly be talking about meditation. The reason I do is just because it, it does have this um, uh, foundational ability to train ourselves to be uh, a little bit more or much more attuned to how we're relating to our moments in each moment and also be able to find a, a sense of groundedness and calm and ease that gives us access to that space between stimulus and response. Because when the mind is so chaotic and so used to quickly jumping from thought to thought to thought to thought to reaction to reaction to reaction to reaction, 
it's just very hard to see, like, how could I possibly embody that space? But in a mindfulness meditation practice, when you're training yourself to be a little bit more still, oh, now there's, oh, look, there's that thought that's arising. The thought that says, you know, my face is itchy and I really want to scratch it. And then you get to see, oh, do I need to scratch it right now? Or you're sitting down in your closet doing your morning meditation and, you know, you hear the cat scratching on the door and there's immediately this feeling of, oh, God, the cat getting in the way of my peace, right? Is it the cat or are we kind of creating that reactivity? Can we just notice, oh, yeah, there's just some scratching. Let the cat be there and I'll be here. Ah, now you're responding in a different way. So you're actually getting to practice quite literally in meditation dwelling in that space between stimulus and response. But although the meditation practice helps, you don't need to be doing the meditation practice to start to implement this in your day-to-day life. As you're going throughout your day, today even, and tomorrow, just notice what some of your usual patterns of reactivities are. When you're waiting in line at the grocery store and it's going really slow and you find that tension building up, instead of being caught in that tension, what would it be like just to take a deep breath. Very simple, right? Deep breathing is nothing Corey invented, uh, nothing anyone really invented. It's just, okay, we have access to, to a new way of responding. Deep breath, the nervous system settles. Ah, that's, that's a new response to stimuli. You're in the car, someone cuts you off, the tendency is to slam on the gas and chase them. Ah, that's another thing. Or maybe there's a really pleasurable experience that arises, like um, something good happens with your kids, or let's say you get a promotion at work, but you notice that your reactivity is to not really let yourself experience pleasure. Maybe there's a feeling like you don't deserve it, or you try and turn the attention outward when someone says, oh, wow, congratulations, you did such a good job, and you quickly go, oh, no, no, well, let me tell you, like, you, you, you're the one that really did a good job. I mean, look what you've been doing the last week, right? Do you notice that tendency as well, like to deflect from experience, experiencing goodness and happiness and pleasure and praise, right? So there's so many things. I mean, it's endless that we get to explore about our humanness and our reactivities. And once we start seeing those patterns, right, we don't need to immediately change them, but just to see, oh, this happens and I react in this way. What would it be like to just move a little more slowly in, in in those interactions and see, is there a different way of responding? Maybe I just let the praise come in for a moment. Let myself feel that. It's going to be really hard. We're going to want to react in our usual way. But we just... We just breathe, just take it in. And what I what I like to do with these patterns, because these patterns are deep, and it doesn't matter that I've spent six months, you know, in just deep, silent meditation, I still notice this stuff. And one, one pattern for me in particular, I've noticed it ever since I was a kid, is just um, I don't respond well to um, negative praise. And you might say, like, well, isn't everyone like that? I think there are a lot of people that when someone says, like, you're not doing a good job or, or that didn't go well, a lot of people rise to that challenge and uh, and go, well, I'm going to I'm going to show you or, or like they work a little harder. I notice that I kind of deflate in response to that. I do much better if somebody um, if somebody is celebrating me or um, saying what well, I, <laughs> I remember. Sorry. I hope it just doesn't feel like I'm bouncing around too much. But I do remember in Burma, um, it was like the third month and I was just meditating. Uh, I was meditating about 18 hours at that point. I was really like putting in a lot of effort. 
and I went to an interview with my teacher, um, which we get every every three days for about five minutes. We could talk, and I, I shared what my experience has been and what I've been doing. And all my teacher said was, "Good job." And I just felt my whole body go, yes, he said, I'm doing a good job. And then I wanted to practice that much harder, more diligently. And then I had other experiences where he wouldn't say anything or he, he might say something like, OK, you could do this better. And instead of feeling like I want to rise to the challenge, my, my feeling was like, I'm not, I'm, you know, what's the point of this? Or like, I can't get this right. And it's so subtle how quickly that happens. But that reactivity then leads to a lot of other moments of dwelling and like the sorrow for myself or feeling bad for myself and then losing energy to try and make more change and positive shifts. And you could see how like that single moment could lead to uh, hours, days, and then weeks of a certain experience. So I, I'm constantly trying to catch myself in those moments and say, okay, oop, there's there's that input. And I feel like my way of wanting to react. And what I do is often a two-step process. I take a deep breath. That just settles my nervous system and allows me to um, be a little bit more grounded to respond differently. And then I ask myself a question. What would the best version of myself do in this moment? How would the best version of myself respond in this moment? And, and holding that question kind of like pulls my current self into a... Uh, a better version of myself in some weird way. It's really hard to describe. I think you have to to try it for yourself. And I encourage you to try it today, right? You, you feel that reactivity, take a deep breath, and then very quickly drop in the question of what would the best version of myself do in this moment? And just see how, uh, see what response comes up to that. I do want to acknowledge that some of these patterns are really deep. And we'll go over, over time, like how to work with some of the deeper stuff, right? A, a, a stimulus could be a thought pattern of I'm an idiot. And then the reaction could be marshalling all this evidence about why I'm an idiot. And it can feel really hard to break that chain. And and if you're struggling with that, then make make the change, not changing the experience, but just dwelling in an awareness of the experience, right? There's a big difference between being caught in the thought cycle of I'm an idiot, I can't get this right, what's wrong with me? Versus sitting back and just watching those thoughts as if you were watching clouds pass through the sky or as if you were watching like your brain just having a conversation with itself. The experience is still happening, but you're you're changing your relationship to the experience. And that is a way of dwelling in that space between stimulus and response and trying a new response. Okay, so hope that helps. Once we once we really harness uh, and touch into the depth of what this is pointing to between stimulus and response, there's a space in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Once we really start to embody that, we have a whole new access for how we're going to live our lives, which is why this is a foundational episode to this podcast. So I'll be coming back to this a lot throughout uh, in future episodes. But for now, try it out, have fun with it, uh, and enjoy. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your practice. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And until then, take care.